Hey, and welcome to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast with Graham Cook. I'm your host, Michael Becchio. Today we continue our podcast series drawn from the Nature of Freedom collections on Brilliant TV. There are seven collections total in this series, each with about 12 or more episodes. Collection titles include It's Over, Something Got Finished Before You Got Started, The Marvelous Way God Works, Discovering Uncounters and Getting Unstuck, and more. We'll be featuring portions of Graham's content from these collections over the ensuing months, so stay tuned with us each episode of the podcast for the next installment. You can also find out more about each episode in this series by checking the description below. I'll put info and links there for you for each episode. You'll also find a link to the Nature of Freedom book that Graham wrote, which this BTV collection series is based out of. All right, on to Graham. Enjoy, be blessed, and rest in the rich love that the Father has for you and the affections of Jesus toward you, which never end. Hey, BTV community, welcome to our monthly Q&A. Graham and I are sitting here in the studio, and we're so excited for another Q&A. Another Q&A. Today we're going to be concluding letter number two from Graham's book, The Nature of Freedom. We spent the last few weeks going through uh, chapter two, what the cross means for you and me. And it's just been a phenomenal series, Graham. Yeah, we had so many great comments, so much wonderful feedback, and some great questions too. So I really feel like the community context is growing for us, which is really uh, exciting. Yeah, it's remarkable. Thank you to everyone who continues to comment and ask questions, and that really adds a whole dynamic learning process here. So we have two questions to go through today. Our first one is from Arthur, all the way from Zambia. Oh my goodness. Uh, Thanks so much for sending in your question, Arthur. And let's have a listen. Hi, Graham. This is Arthur from Zambia. I was hoping you could help me with some pointers on how to practice ministering to the Lord. Thank you so much. Oh, great accent. I want to borrow that accent. (laughs) (laughs) How to minister to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, it's always, I think, the simple things. Um, You know, when you think ministering, we're really thinking about how do we interact around them? How do we speak to people? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we converse? How do we show up? And I think the first part of it is um, when you're ministering to the Lord, you can't show up needy. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to show up in a way that allows you to be a blessing and to enter into a deep place with God. And you can't always do that. You know, because your own needs keep you in a shallow place mm-hmm. at times. So if you want to go deep, you have to pay attention to how you show up. And so for me, that is the key things, obviously, are rejoicing, thanksgiving. So showing up as a celebrant. Mm-hmm. You know, I love celebrating. I like life. I like my own life. Um, I like my life with Teresa, with my friends. So I have a lot of reasons to celebrate. And I think ministering to the Lord is, starts out by you celebrating who He is for you and um, who, uh, who you're getting to become in the context of what He's doing. So I'm celebrating my life with Him, and a lot of that is saying thank you, it's rejoicing, it's appreciation and value. Mm. And, and then in that context then, 
you want to be doing some worship that is peculiar to you and him. So sometimes for me, that might be, um, if I like a particular set of lyrics, I'm probably not going to sing them to the Lord, but I am actually going to read them out or maybe a version of it and saying, this is what you mean to me. This is what I'm learning. This is what I'm really grateful for. And then it's listening. Um, You know, because sometimes the biggest compliment you can give someone is to pay attention, Hmm. is to be listening, totally focused on who they are, not thinking about something else while you know you're you're wanting to have a conversation so it's listening it's appreciating it's valuing his presence and and i think the big thing for me the big context for that for me is knowing that god is an absolute Mm -hmm. you know that he's unchanging so you can have absolute confidence in the fact that he doesn't change towards you he's the same yesterday today and forever So I'm not bringing him my relational difficulties or whatever. I'm just saying, this is what I'm learning about you, and it's so wonderful. And then listening, attending, and waiting. Mm -hmm. And sometimes um, the Lord may will enter that conversation, and uh, sometimes he's just said to me, Graham, why don't you read Psalm 91 to me? Because that's one of my key scriptures you know, that he gave me. So I like reading it out slowly and distinctly. And then we'll talk about it. And so ministering to the Lord is not just me doing something, but it's me listening, responding. So there's an ebb and a flow Mm -hmm. in the conversation. And uh, it's just pure enjoyment of being with him. And those are a few things that really get you into that place, into the zone of doing it. And then it's going to be different every time, right? You know, because he might want to have a conversation about something that's coming up, or something that's just happened, or where I am, or how he sees me, or where we're going. And it's a conversation about that. And what ministers to him really is my own delight in being with him, mm-hmm. because I think that's a key thing for me is for me to be able to you know, pray and to hear God and so on, I have to enter into his delight for me. And that's a key thing that he loves being with me. He loves hanging out. So there's no pressure on his side or my side because I'm just entering into his rest and his delight for me. And so when I'm ministering to him, you know, I'm opening up that space, you know, for him to come into my delight and all of that. So... But it's an ongoing um, dialogue, an ongoing conversation, um, an ongoing learning about how to be with God. And sometimes the context for ministering to the Lord can be different each time, depending on what I'm learning, who I'm becoming, what I'm practicing. And that's the fascinating thing about it is that practice is not always about getting the same thing right. It's really about practicing the environment Mm -hmm. that you're entering into with God, practicing, you know, the encounter, the experience, and uh, practicing your own celebration uh, in terms of who he is and what he's like. So there's a lot of things in it. Those are just a few things, hopefully, uh, that will get you started. But great question. I really liked it. Wow. 
I love that idea of creating space right. to minister to the Lord. And yeah, totally. Some really valuable keys you, you gave. Arthur, thanks so much again for sending that in and you know, see what that looks like in your own life with the Lord. And uh, write, it, write us in a few weeks and let us know what you discover. All right, Graham, I got one more question for you. All righty. This is from Laura. Laura. Let's see what Laura is asking. Hello, Graham. This is Laura. <laughs> I was just wondering, wondering how I can hear God's voice more clearly like you do. Mm. That's always been my desire. Thanks for your help. Bye-bye. <laughs> Great question. Sweet voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, how can you hear God's voice? Uh, the biggest part of it, I think, is expectation. You know, um, I know that God speaks. Um, I know he's going to speak to me and I know he's going to help me to listen. So all of my expectation is on God's ability to speak to me rather than my ability to hear and listen. Mm. Most people put all the onus on them. I can't hear. It's God's um, willingness to speak to you and empower you to hear that is the biggest thing that you need to take on board. God will speak to me and he'll do it in a way that I can hear and I can respond. So the pressure therefore is on the onus of that is on him rather than us. Then what we're doing is we're setting time aside and we're learning how to be with God. And some of that is just getting yourself in, a, in an attitude, creating an atmosphere in your own heart of worship, rejoicing. Yeah. All those things yeah. are always good. That's why God constantly repeats about the need to rejoice. And again, I say rejoice, the need to be give thanks in all things. Because joy and rejoicing, they thanksgiving and rejoicing, they, they set up this internal frame of reference that you know clears out all your own negativity. Because it's hard to be negative if you're celebrating. Yeah. And that's why I choose to be a celebrant because it's first line of defense yeah. in that sense against negativity, against the world. And so celebrating that God's going to speak and I'm going to hear um, because he wants to have conversations with me. So then it's putting myself in that place and then it's listening. And bear in mind too that God doesn't speak to your head. So you can't think your way into hearing the voice of God. God is in here. And God doesn't speak to you, Laura. He speaks in you. And so most people say, well, I, you know, I'm waiting you know, for it to make the 18-inch drop into my heart. And there is no 18-inch drop from your head to your heart because he doesn't speak to your head. He speaks in your heart, and then it rises up into your conscious thinking. So um, sometimes he may not speak to you uh, directly in that moment that you make yourself available. But for me, it's like, you know, I put the time in, I do rejoicing, and I like to do that throughout the day so that I'm always ready and uh, always receptive. And then when God speaks, it may come an hour or two or even a day afterwards, but he will connect. You'll have a thought or you'll see something or you'll have a vision or a scripture will jump off a page or you might have a dream. God will make connection, and I just carry a notebook mm -hmm. around with me all the time, so that when I have that thought, when something occurs to me, 
I'm going to write it down. And usually the first thing God says opens a door to a space. Mm. So I write it down because it might be a big thought. And I write it down. Then I, then I know I can go into that space with the Lord. Then I can think of questions. And I can begin to just look at what I have in front of me. And maybe there's an interpretation. Maybe there's an explanation that's going to rise up. But conversations with God start out like that. But the moment of contact is mm. always an encounter. I love that. And um, so it's just knowing that, again, it's knowing who God is. It's knowing that he's unchanging. It's knowing that he's kind, that he's good, he's generous, he's um, full of joy, he's light. Um, and, uh, and then you get used to, along the way, in terms of hearing God's voice, you get used to the different ways he wants to come to you. Like for me, probably 30% of my contacts with God are always whimsical, you know, because he just has this like very comedic way of looking at things in my life, you know. Um, so he'll ask me questions. And sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's not so funny, but he like, it really makes you think. Like when I'm, you know, 16 days into a 40-day fast and the Lord shows up and says, how's the diet going? It's like, <laughs> I fell about laughing and then I wanted to cry. It's like, you could have told me this 16 days ago. He said, yeah, but son, you needed to lose a few. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly the whole ice is broken and he's right there and we have a conversation about something. Wow. So it's always mm -hmm. the environment that you create in and around yourself is mm -hmm. really key. Again, that's why rejoicing and thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Celebration is a really key part of walking with God. And then you'll hear his voice and, and, uh, and then you'll find your own rhythm and routine in that, mm -hmm. how it comes Great. best for you. Oh, that's amazing. Good question. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, thanks so much, Laura.